Okay. We're in 1 Corinthians today. We walk through, as is our practice, we walk through different pieces and letters and books of the Bible. And today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's fitting, I think, because this is the week where we celebrate our independence. And if you think about the Pledge of Allegiance, it ends with this. It ends with, and liberty and justice for all. I don't know about you, but I grew up a big justice person. In fact, instead of justice, you could almost put personal fairness. Man, I know when someone wrongs me. Man, I'm after everybody having a fair shake, no matter what it is. I want that for people. And it becomes a point of issue always with me. Oh, this is the nation we're in. We have liberty. We have justice. But uh, liberty, but, but, but I want fairness. I want justice. My heart bleeds for injustice around the world, but especially my heart burns when I and the people I love are subjected to unfairness and injustice and wrong. I want to make it right. I want somebody to pay. I don't want people to get away with wrong, do you? Especially if they have a bad attitude in it. I read this case last month. It was, you might know it. It's, uh, it's about two neighbors, and they had you know, very expansive homes are wealthy people. And one neighbor decided he was going to pile all of his yard waste right along the side of his property, and it blocked the view of the other neighbor. And the other neighbor came out and said, man, can you please move? He says, no, it's my property, so sue me. And eventually what happened is the man next door, he moved the yard waste, and the first man put it back up, more of it. And finally what happened is the first, the second guy tackled the first man, and put him in the hospital. And it got resolved in court over who was going to be right and wrong. And I think today as we go into this, this idea of justice, man, I said, who, who wants to? It goes deeper than just the letter of the law. It goes into why you think about your desire for justice and how it plays out. Because I would say, man, that's a good thing that finally shouldn't have tackled them. They should have just taken it to court. But then I hear from the Bible, and if you're in church, you hear, wait a minute, Christians can't sue. We're not supposed to use that legal system. Is that true? Well, where people get that thought is from what we're looking at this morning, First Corinthians 6. And it's good for us to think about what is it he's saying to understand about our heart about injustice. Personal justice, personal fairness, is it, is it over for me? How should I think about it? So here we are, and we're going to talk about how you handle grievances. And, and I want you to notice what the Bible actually says. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? <laughs> It's really interesting, huh? Paul uses this, how dare you language. So so this is interesting because what he's going to set up, it's not about you being in the world and, and having to defend yourself against other unbelievers or people in the world. He's talking specifically about Christians, brothers and sisters in the Lord, going to worldly court. And he says, how dare you? It's not a command. It's a wonderment almost. What are you thinking? Well, I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I've got to defend myself against you. Because you're a stinking sinner. 
and you do bad things to me. Right? Isn't that what we're thinking? This is dispute to protect yourself. When he says here unrighteous, I, I believe he means unjustified. Right? People that don't, Jesus, people that haven't been given the righteousness of Christ, people that are not saved. You know, there's this thought out there. It's part of what our nation is founded on. That there's a standard of law. And anybody can figure it out. Right? Especially people who study it. Our court system, isn't that where unbiased people look at unbiased law and make unbiased judgment, resulting in unbiased justice? Paul says, wait, what are you thinking about the world and about yourselves? Now, there's some context, right? Because here we are in, in Corinthians, and he's just gone through how humble we are that we and we need mercy. All we have is Christ. We're so weak. We're not strong. We're not wise. We're foolish. We're foolish in Christ. We have this whole different way of thinking because we're Christians that makes us different because of the reality of the cross. And, and even within that, people note that here he's writing to Corinth, and in Corinth they had this biased legal system, the worldly court system where the rich people could afford better representation. They could even pay people to lie for them, to manipulate and take what other people had. You could impose almost injustice, and, and, and Paul isn't against some legal representation. He's, you know that, right? He appealed to Roman law several times in his missionary journeys. But a system where the outcome is somewhat dependent on how good a legal representation you have. Does that sound familiar? Maybe it should. Not so different than us, right? Who can afford the best lawyer? The issue is not that. The issue is, how do you think of yourself? And how do you think of other people around you in the body? Right? Because look what he says. He says, or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than pertaining to this life? So here's the main issue. As we think about conflict in the body, as we think about really, oh man, I feel like these, I've been, injustice has happened to me and I want to fight for it. He's saying, Paul's saying, who are you going to put over you to decide? Should be issue number one in suing another believer. You're taking your case for justice to the world and you should instead be thinking the ones who should judge are in the body. The body and the world are two different places. One reason is that in here are holy ones. Holy because God says we're holy. Holy means set apart. Set apart means not like out there. And this is an amazing statement. You should think about it for a minute. Don't you know that saints will judge the world? Are you going to judge the world? The way I think about this, and again, I think it's helpful, is, is that Jesus Christ judges the world, and we are what? United to Christ. You are Christ's body. Here we are. We're in Christ. And, and in that time when the world is judged, we who are in Christ will be in him still. Now, 
in in him all the world is judged and so we have our head and we think from the head down and there's a viewpoint a reality that the world doesn't know anything about and and if there is this viewpoint this kingdom this holiness this reality of broken people saved by grace don't you think this is what qualifies you to look at more trivial things in light of that big picture if what is in front of you and I are eternity in Christ, don't you think we could be helpful in daily discernment? And so this first piece as you handle grievances in the body, and we'll talk at the end about a few practical examples of this, but, but, but here it is. Isn't it better to have somebody mediate who gets the reality of the gospel? And if you're not thinking that, because honestly, for most of us, I fear the answer would be no. I would rather go to someone who I think is wise in the law. I would rather go to someone outside the body. I would rather go in some instances to go to court and, and, and man, get my pound of flesh. Why? I think one of the reasons for you and me, and I'm right here, I'm, I'm, I'd be with you in this, I get so mad at injustice. I told you, I'm a fairness guy. I see injustice. I want to make it right. How am I going to make it right? I'm going to use the legal system to do it, and, and I'm going to punish you for that. And, and why am I like that? That's where Paul somewhat goes. They weren't doing that, right? If you have such cases, he says, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there's no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But a brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. They were doing that, right? They were going to the law court to decide between believers. This is not being caught up in a lawsuit. People are. This is not pursuing worldly justice among the world with other people in the world. This is them not saying, oh, man, what I really want to do is I want to submit to whatever the church decides. And Paul says it's to their shame that brother goes to law against brother and that before unbelievers. What this reveals is an issue of trust. I trust Jesus, but I don't, I don't trust that I have Christ or I don't trust that my brothers and sisters do. They're going to do something foolish. They're not going to settle things fairly. I would rather trust the world, honestly, than the church. And Paul doesn't say, lest you shall never do. He says, I say this to your shame. Hick. So this first concept, Christians are more equipped to discern because we're in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We love each other. We're the same body. And it's therefore a revealing of our own heart when we go to sue other Christians and take them before the legal system of the world. And that's to your shame, not to your blessing. The question is why? I think it goes to a deeper goal, and that's where Paul's going. He's, he's going there. He defines these goals, and we have the wrong goals. We're thinking the wrong way. We do this all the time. Why? Because I'm in the world all the time. I am thinking of preserving my property line. I am thinking about, oh, the righteousness of, of how I'm doing right, and it's lawful and okay for me to do what I want to do. I think that way a lot. 
but Paul says this, to have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud, even your own brothers. He says even to be in a lawsuit with another Christian, that's a defeat. Right? Why is it a defeat? Especially if I get the result of justice that I want. Reason number one is easy to see. You see it with me? Outsiders see disunity and fighting over worldly goods and personal rightness. Just put that into the hamper of the, the, the framework of what the gospel is and what you've received in Christ. To see other people watch you squabble over the boundary lines of your property, over the, 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 the whatever civil peace that you're after, and you want to fight so that you can be right with another believer and let the world watch. How cool is that? Not cool at all, right? It's terrible. But, but, but I don't want to suffer wrong. I'm willing to fight for myself versus another Christian. Well, are you the same flesh? Are you the same body or, or not? If someone's defrauding you, Paul says, why not take the wrong? Isn't it better to lose? So this grasping after self-justice may be against the very gospel you and I believe in. And, and I think used to be used to be really common, but we see it still, man. Follow Jesus. Be like Jesus. And mostly what it means is choose all his moral goodness or whatever it is. What would Jesus do? That sort of thing. Look at Jesus. Watch him go to the cross. Watch him suffer the greatest wrong ever. If you want to be like Jesus, don't win. Lose. Right? It's so hard for me because I want Christianity to be about my betterness, my, my strength, my, my getting stronger. And, and here, Paul says, man, it would be better for you if you just went ahead and lost. Well, Jesus did. Second reason he gives right here, right? He says, and you even defraud, you yourselves wrong and defraud. It should be, shouldn't it be, if we think about ourselves in a body, and you start thinking about, wow, there's a body of believers, and, and I'm not talking about these four walls. I'm not even talking about our little church. I'm talking about the church of God in Christ. And you have people you know are, are believers, and you're, you know that they're, they're going to be forever with you in heaven. And you said, man, I'm so mad at my personal injustice. I'm going to court. And the other guy said, I'm so mad at my personal injustice, and I'm going to court. One of you is wrong. Right? That's generally what the law has, or somebody's wrong. What if it's you? And then what if you win? Carry it out long enough, and you look back from eternity, and you look at how you treated someone because of your personal rightness, and it turns out that you were the one defrauding your brother. Guess what you're going to think later? Uh, hint, it's not going to be pretty. Using the world system to manipulate justice, it's not from the heart, it's about the letter. When you yourself are not under the letter because it kills you, this is defrauding. It gets even clearer. It's heavy stuff, right? But here it is. We're saying, okay, well, and we get sometimes, we get, wow, we talk about the gospel all the time, and that's what we're about. Do you realize the radical message of Jesus that he came to earth and he lived a perfect life and he died on a cross for your sin and by simply trusting that I get the greatest gift you could ever have. I simply receive it. And then some people say, wow, what do we do now? 
This is what you do now. This is a different way of thinking about how you live your life. I'm not after myself getting my personal justice. I'm not after standing up for me, especially in the body. This is a problem of goals. We have a goal of self-advancement, of self-justice, not us as an organism, a temple, a body. Say, but Dax, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're kind of saying, just go ahead and lie down and be a doorman. Say, no, you can get help. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, oh, it's so, so difficult when you have one person who seriously think they've been wronged and the next person totally think they've been wrong and they're aimed at each other. Where do you go? He says, where do you go is in the body. Where you go is to people who get the gospel. Where you go is to people who have the ability to talk to you about these pieces of what Christianity is because this is your life. You're in a different kingdom, you see. You're not in the kingdom of the world. You're in the kingdom of the church. You're in the kingdom of Christ. Why is he saying this? Why is this so deep? Why, why is this the thing? Well, there's a context for you to see. This is an outworking of our hearts about how we think about you and I, about what we think we need. There's a context. And we need to really land and think about what the context is here. Walk with me. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? You see, like almost every other issue in the New Testament, Paul thinks they have a problem with knowledge. Maybe we do too. What's the knowledge piece? That the unrighteous won't inherit the kingdom of God. We're talking about the kingdom now. We're talking about what really matters. We're talking about forever. We're not talking about whether you got lunch today. We're talking about an eternity with God. And if you're unrighteous, you don't get that. He's already identified the unrighteous, right? Anybody in the world. He says, why are you out with the unrighteous judging your cases? And they're going to wise men who, who are in the legal system, who are learned and know how to apply the law of the culture. And he says, those unrighteous people, what are you talking? Those are the righteous ones. We pick righteous judges. No, the unrighteous are the ones you're turning to for justice. Like if you... Like, 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 because they know what the standards are, they can judge. But they're not inheriting the only thing that matters. That's who you want to decide your case. And, and yourself, if you're defrauding, if you're wrong, do, do you want to take your place with them? Right? Because he goes on and says, do not be deceived, right? Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters nor the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You royal away from those things, and rightly so. And it's not put there so you might go into each one. You're meant to kind of go, ooh, immorality and idolatry and adultery and homosexuality and, and thievery and greedy and drunkards and revilers, but particularly there he ends with swindlers. Is there any chance that you're not going to get it right? 
sinners all and sinners do not inherit the kingdom of God and and even the people that you're you're having judge your case guess what they're one of these so what are you doing accusing our world being this way I'm not accusing Paul is Paul says, why do you go to the unrighteous to have him judge you? He's just meaning the world. And he says, here's what the unrighteous are. They're full of these kind of people. This is what they are. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so now I get what he's saying, right? He's saying that what we need to do is when we have conflict and we're tied up inside ourselves and we're hot about somebody else in the body, that it's important we not go to one of those bad people out there because all those people are terrible and all the good people are in here. be saying that read on and such were some of you yeah you weren't any different but but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God stop This is the great truth you and I live by. We are no different than those. When you say, hey, don't go outside and be judged by that, because look at the sin that abounds everywhere, and so are you. But, but, but something's happened, right? Something's happened with you and me. And it's not that we stop being that. It's not that you run, now we're so glad that you are perfect and holy. It's, look what happened to you. You didn't even do it. Isn't it amazing? This is the gospel. This is where he goes. You didn't even do it. You were washed. That doesn't mean you washed yourself, but you went and took a shower. No, you were washed. Somebody else did it to you. You were what? Sanctified. Somebody else set you apart. You didn't do it yourself. Son, you were justified. This is the righteous word. This is the word that goes in the passage. This is the word he's saying, man, what you want is justice and justice for all. But the justice I have is something that has been given to me. And with that right there, Paul draws this line between what the world is and what we are as we seek, search and seek justice, right? We've been justified. That's not just a legal term of the gavel coming down saying, I declare you, but you're really not. This is God says, hey, this is where my righteousness is. By the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus. The gospel, doesn't it say we have no rightness? These wrongs, they were us, some of us exactly this, others different twistedness, different sins. But we all live here, we all know these things. And then wonder of wonders, we were washed, cleansed, made clean, pure, no dirt, washed away every evil and wrong. We didn't do it ourselves. We were bathed by God, by Jesus himself, in his sacrifice, in the truth, by the Spirit. Wonder of wonders, we were sanctified done deal, not by us, by God, set apart, not by doing something special, but by the holiness of Jesus, united to him forever, simply by trusting him and his work for us, right? He loves us forever. Take it in. You are holy. Not you will be, not you might be. You were sanctified. And then wonder of wonders, we were justified. These words righteous, justice, just, are all the same. We were made righteous. Not that we never sin. That's not the thought Paul gives us, but it's more than a gavel. So the person you're taking to court, brother, is already justified. 
by Christ, do you want to declare him unjust? Think on it. This was done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Think on it. This was done by the Spirit of God. So I I hope you see and you tremble. You and me, our understanding of of our essential need, it helps us see the incredible gift that we've been given. And then when someone wants to call you and I to account, you can trust that God has your back. Right? The very least, says Paul, stay in the camp because that's where the truth is. It's where this message is understood. We know people are sinners. We aren't judging without mercy. In fact, I, I didn't make a slide of it, but if you go over to James and you look at James and at the middle of chapter 2, he says, hey, hey, you realize this, right? That, that for whoever keeps the whole law, but he falls in one point, he's become accountable for all of it. So speak and act, James says, as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying exactly this. He's saying, hey, watch out. You want to be in the camp. Because when you look at someone and they get the gospel, they can actually talk to you about mercy, not just judgment. Your heart should be soft about mercy. Always. The law of liberty comes, and what it should do if you're a Christian, it should kill you. You should say, you know what? Yeah, man, I got too hot. I, I am. I, this is, there's a righteousness issue, and I really need this settled, but I'm coming at it from a position of everything I have, every rightness I've ever had, has been given to me. And I'm looking at somebody else where that's the same of them. I want judgment, but I need mercy. And I need someone who sees with the perspective that the gospel's true. <laughs> you and I have a new identity, don't we? Everything I have has been done to me. Everything I am in this new kingdom of Christ is about my being united to Christ. And here I find myself with other people who are also united to Christ, who, by the way, make me mad sometimes. They do things to me that I don't like. I do things to you that you don't like. If what we want to do is return to a system whereby you and I go out to the world and say, hey, decide for us, because we can't decide for ourselves, before people have no idea what the gospel is, you're going backwards. Instead, we have the opportunity, you and I, when we have conflict, deep conflict, sadness over things where I feel like my sense of justice has been royal to, to, to both approach the person but also to get help from people who actually understand the gospel and, and my behavior in these areas at the end of the day you say hey how does the gospel work itself out it acts right here it works out right here it, it, it reflects right here how you and I see ourselves before God are we a disqualified sinner saved or do I long for self-justification and seeing intrinsic value and bettering me? I just want to be right. I want to show that you're wrong. These are not the same path. These lead to very different lives. One, the first, is willing to suffer loss, is willing to be called a doormat, willing to be seen as weak and humble and lowly and unsuccessful and nothing, knowing it's not the case, that's not the case, because you're treasured by God in Christ, and the day will reveal it. 
The other is asserting themselves after their own justice, always about what's fair for themselves, not rejoicing in treasure found, but longing for more for themselves. I, I, I've been here. It's about getting stronger and better and more. And, and, and we fall back to the reality. The reality of we died, right? That's Galatians 2.20. We talk about it a lot. For I have died. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not about me justifying me anymore. It's not about me getting justice for me anymore. It's about me dying and the realization that I have and finding my hope in Christ. Okay, let's land. So, Dax, after all this, basically what you're telling me, I can't sue another Christian. Is that what Paul's saying? Notice he never said it. You notice that, right? I, I don't actually think Paul would say never. His argument is tied up to how you're thinking. He wants you to think through these things. He wants you to see the shame of going to court to settle things that you should be taking to the body. We live in a particular society that's not the exact same society as the Corinthian church. There are legal things that work out in the world that you need to work out in the world with another Christian. They're child custody things. Better in the church? Maybe. You need to think through these questions. The first thing you need to think through is, is, don't you think that a believer would be better, more discerning judge of what's to happen in light of the gospel? By the way, those guys are going to judge angels. Wouldn't it be better in the Lord to lose rather than win? To suffer wrong and let God vindicate you. We read that in Romans 12 this morning, didn't we? Who has your back? Who's your vindicator? God is. You have to answer, do you see who you are already? Are you pursuing justice to attain something for you? Are you settled in the gift of righteousness that's been given to you? And do you see your brother or sister the same way? These are the questions that need to weigh on your shoulders as you make these decisions about what you do with conflict between you and other people in our body. And not just in this body. In all of your relationships with other believers. I'll tell you what. Many of us fail. We hear these questions, we get convicted today, you realize, hey, I don't know that I did this right. Man, did I, wouldn't it have been better for me just to lose? And the, the relational thing that happened there where I went to court and I was right, but man, I see the damage echo through my life or through the lives of other people. And did I just mess up? I just worthless. This is where the gospel rings true for every single person in this room is that we are all sinners saved by grace. No matter how you've handled things, no matter how you said, wow, I, I, you know, Paul would say to, me, say to me, oh, shame. Paul would say to me, oh, how dare you? Paul would say to me, oh, man, you took a wrong turn. And you know what you can say because of the gospel? You don't have to fight back and take Paul to court. You say, amen. I'm covered by the blood of Christ. 
The only hope I have right now, today, for all the things that I've ever done, for all the missteps I've ever taken, for all the sin I've ever fallen to, is that I have Christ and I've been declared forever righteous. And it's true. The righteousness of Christ is yours. The holiness of Christ is yours. The cleansed nature, the cleansed washing has been done to you by Jesus himself. <laughs> See who you are. We walk in this forever. Rejoice.